Start something new with the Peggy Mount Pod Magazinery Hour Collection File Series Collection. This stunning part work sees your favorite podcast hosts poring over newsagent shelves of days gone by and lovingly eviscerating their contents for all to point and laugh at. Each issue will cover publishing conventions of the past, blithe assumptions on the intended readership demographic, and a blistering critique of the press craft that the presenters are in no way qualified or experienced to rival themselves. Issue Nought comes with a coupon for this free binder, stickers, and iron-on patch. And every week features a sheet which builds into a How Drunk Am I wall chart. All this with the usual rigorous attention to steady alcohol consumption, the foulest of language, and getting things slightly wrong that in this case are literally there in front of the podcaster's eyes as they read them out. Ask your shopkeeper about the Peggy Mount News Agency Hour today. First issue, 99p. This is one page. Yes, yes. And there is literally, literally, they may as just well have had a drawing of a shit house with the word dead stamped across <laughs> it because that's all you get from here. What does tell me? What what does Sharon dislike? Sharon dislikes school dinners with her there, with her there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Crickets mm, with her there. Uh, Okay, I don't mind cricket, but okay. anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, slaughtering. <laughs> Sharon dislikes, <laughs> dislikes <laughs> slaughtering. I suppose, I suppose it's, it's because, because they're, they're shy, shy, you, you see. see. We, we give, give them quite, quite a fright. I wonder, though, most cautiously, they, they only come, come at night. Exit, stage left. All right. Hello and welcome to the Peggy Mount Periodical Hour. I'm Dr. Velvet. I'm Blackout. And we're here because there's absolutely nothing to watch upon the telly box. So we sent producer Ken down to the paper shop to get a magazine and a tenpence mix-up, being mindful to request no flying saucers in the mix-up. <laughs> I can't I can't like a flying saucer, mind. I'd rather have the cherry lips. Yes, hello to you, and thanks for dropping into our laid-back literary look at some pamphlets of the past, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from our minds, because here, Peggy's always peeping round the page. If you head over to PeggyManPod.com, info for the particular issue we're discussing is in the show notes, you can find us on the socials, get in touch to say hello, or ask us why we think we're too good for Fast Forward magazine. Now, before we get over a decade into a professional publishing operation, while still managing to litter our magazine with typing errors, Dr Velvet, I've got to ask, what are you drinking? I mean... We're reading magazines, we're reading comics. Uh, it has to be a can of Tizer. Beautiful. Yeah. Cunningly adapted for my contemporary taste buds with a double measure of Bacardi Spice. He's not messing about. I'm not. However, it does taste like the Blue Peter studio floor after a visit <laughs> by Lulu the Elephant. Yeah, anyway... You? Uh, I've got a bottle of The Pardoners by the Canterbury Ales Brewery in Kent. Oh, now we're talking. What a brand. Speciality. The Pardoners. Does that mean the taste is quite a surprise? Pardon? Is it? Is it? 
This is brilliant, this. I love it. And I'm assuming they have more in the range, do they? They do, yeah. Yeah, come back next week. Excellent, excellent. Okay, then, with that in mind. And so to our first visit to the reading corner and the wafts of printer's ink lure us to a title that had already got itself very comfortable on shelves up and down the country for years. If you ever needed a handbook on how to be a preteen kid in the 70s and 80s, you need to read La 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 Lookin. The Lookin was a weekly children's entertainment magazine from independent television publications which ran from 1971 to 1994 with additional special issues and annuals along the way. Its main focus was television programmes aimed at the younger end of the demographic, expanding it to cover pop music, movies and sport when they were on the telly. As well as interviews and promo features for shows on the ITV network, Lookin was perhaps most famous for its own comic strip adaptations of everything from action series to sitcoms, and this zeitgeist from the newsagent was sure to set tongues wagging in the playground. We've leafed through an issue dated 5th of September 1981, with the cover promising features on Tiz Wars, Metal Michael and Nicholas Hammond's Spider-Man. I'll spoil that for you now. They're on the photo, but two of those three only get a black and white photo each in a short paragraph of text three pages from the end. Marvel will have been on the phone Monday morning playing fucking hell. La 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 looking. La 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 looking. So Love how this, often? Mate. So how often did you get the looking? Every week. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. My walls were covered in the pull-out posters. Mm-hmm. The whack. Yeah, absolutely die-hard looking fan. You? I'd get it if I happened to see it. If I was at the paper shop, because I knew it would be interesting. Uh huh. But I wasn't intent on getting it every week because there wasn't really any ongoing thread in it. Apart from the, the comic strip well, stories, you know, the, the, the comics loop through, but they're too short to really count for something to keep me buying it every week. They're right, fine; okay. they're a great feature. Yeah, the, the we'll get onto any... them later. We'll yeah, get onto them later. Yeah, but yeah. some of them had stories that would span across the weeks. But, yeah. Uh, but still, I get why they wouldn't be strong enough just to buy the mag for that. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. I had the infamous uh, subscription with my newsagent Excellent. to make sure I got it every week. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. They're still accessible look-ins, old look-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even go as far as to go onto PeggyMountPod.com, and uh, there'd be a link on there. There is. Just, just have a look and see what you'll find on there. But uh, yeah, um, a physical copies. You can. People are still buying secondhand copies of those. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've got. I've got some old copies of Looking from from the eighties, not the seventies, right. in my attic still to this day. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I loved this magazine. I hated it as well. <laughs> That's why we're covering it. I see. And and speaking of cover, uh, when you first pick up a Looking. It's quite striking for a mag, I would suggest. It is, yes. This, um, that logo across the top, that's like my Uh era of looking. Yeah, yeah, same. You know how you've got sort of like your Doctor and your James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely my looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. That is the second version of the logo, I do believe. Right. And I think that came in late 70s, mid Uh, to late 70s. Ah, okay. Uh, But, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my logo as well. Definitely, definitely. This magazine that we're looking at from weekend in fifth of September eighty one. I remember buying this. I had this. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely remember this because the thrill 
that went up my spine when I saw Spider-Man on the cover. Well, this is and the thing, mind. Lookin was like famous for those, you know, sort of those watercolor portrait covers. I'm going to say this one's crap. This well, is, this is three separate things next to each mm -hmm. other, and you know mm -hmm. the artwork on each one is so. Well, the, the artwork in Metal Michael is good. Mm -hmm. The Spider-Man, you're like, you know, Marvel have already got pictures of Spider-Man covered. Right? You know that. Okay, right. So you're going to have to do something really special. Right, okay, off you trot. And that's what we've got. It's like you... Oh. That, to me, looks like it's a lift from a photographic print and inked in. Yeah, it's entirely but, possible. That's fine. But, you know, if if it was just that undercover, it was just Spider-Man, yeah, fine. I'm going to I'm gonna give um, the benefit of the doubt to the artist here. The artist is on Arnaldo Puzzu. Right. And he's an Italian painter. And he got the gig from issue 40 of Look In to paint the cover, do paintings for their covers. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, they were using photographic covers. Right. This is his last cover. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Can you imagine, can you imagine giving that poor guy a photo of Metal Mickey and he's like, are you taking the piss? Well, I think, genuinely, they're saying, oh, by the way, did we not tell you that this issue's your last? The what now? <laughs> this, is your, this is your last. <laughs> And he's sat at his, at his in his studio, and he's thought, "Fuck this!" So that gives them any old bollocks. So that is why there's a painting of Tiswas's Sally James on the cover, where you can't mm. see her face, yep. and, the, and the word "arsels" is written across her shirt. Is that it? Arsels is written across the shirt, and they look like custard pies that are all over. I they're not. That's bird shit <laughs> in those plates. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So right, that's what we mean to right. go on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I must admit, mine as well. M Metal Michael does look like a fart on that cover. Do you not think? It's not a bad illustration of Metal Michael, but again, it's so close to the photograph. You're like, why have you done that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> The issue after this, incidentally, was like I said, they, they reverted back to photographic covers, and yes. it had uh, yeah, and they had Adam of the Ants on the front cover, and you got a free earring with it, and I also remember buying that. And it's a skull and crossbones earring, and I still have that somewhere. I still have it. You say earring? Um, I mean, flipping straight over to the back cover of this, before we go any further, there's a bit on the on the cover of, like, next week's. It says, yes, it's new, and here's your special free gift. It's like a skull and crossbones thing. You can see the little hoop across the top. It says, for ideas about how to use your skull and crossbones miniature, see page 19. So I'm assuming then you remember turning to page 19 of next week's magazine and just said, earring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And I'm, right. ple I'm pleased I had that guidance. I'm ple <laughs> I needed that. I needed that. Well, I can't tell how big it's going to be from the back of it, so I didn't know if it would be like necklace-sized. Oh, it's clearly just like someone's got a job lot of things that should be in one of those little fucking 2B pushing machines in the arcades. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was I was chuffed with it, me, though. You know. but the only trouble was, at that at that age, I didn't have my ear pierced. Um, yeah. Did you take to wearing that when you were into the, um, the punk rock golf? Uh, I wore it as a necklace. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, people did recognise that it came from the look-in. But anyway, speaking of Tizwas, we turn to page two, and there's an article yeah. about um, Tizwas coming back. Tizwas returns, it says. Watch it. Tizwas returns. Watch it, yeah, watch it. The, watch it, the original branding. Uh, watch it became CITV. Right, but, um, right. It was watch it first, yeah. Uh, 
they're telling us all about, oh, Tiswas is coming back. Oh, by the way, though, Chris Tarrant's not, and neither's Lenny Henry. In fact, all of the presenters who three, were... Three of the presenters are left. It's, yes, bye. It, it is worth knowing that this is a six-paragraph full-page promo for what turned out to be the final series of Tiswas. This yes. is a dying on its ass. <laughs> They've got somebody from the darts. All, all, all this is, throughout the entire article, is people going, it's, it's, it's still just the same. You're like, well, it's not really going to be the same, is it? Because 75% of your presenters are left. No, no, it's still the same. And you're like, surely, if anything, you should be saying that it's better, not just the same. There's a reason yeah. that they're fucking left, mate. And yeah, they've got the, um, the psycho-looking one from the darts. That's right. Dashing Den. Yeah. He always reminded me of the guy from Boney M., in terms of, you thought, I don't know what he's going to do next. When you when you look at him on page two, there's a row of photos going across the bottom. Dashing Den, uh-huh. Saucy Sally, I mean, come on, it's a bit for the dads, isn't it? Fun-loving yep. Fogwell and Gorgeous Gordon. We'll get onto him in a bit. But when you look at uh-huh. Den, mm-hmm. put your hand over one side of his face and look at that, the expression on one side. Then put your hand over the other side of his face look at the other expression. He's Jekyll and Hyde at the same time. Yes, he is. It's yes, amazing. He absolutely is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Harvey Dent. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, they've got um, they've got Gordon Astley, is one of their new mm-hmm. co-presenters. F- Fogwell Flags, we know him. He's like one of our favourites from, from the punchlines. Um, yes. Gordon Astley, who's looking zany in a, a baseball cap that's off to one like off to a bit of an angle. Wild. It says, um, although Gordon Astley remains a mystery man, we were assured that he is as nutty as a fruitcake. Even the people yeah. writing the article have no idea who this man is. At all. It's like he joined three minutes before they put pen to paper for this magazine, so yep. they just don't know. Yep. <laughs> Can anyone tell us something? They're on the phone. Can anyone tell us something? No idea. All you need to know is in the third line of the first paragraph. It starts on the fifth at half past ten. That's all you want. Anything after that you don't need to read. <laughs> Yep. Now, it does say in this that basically the reason three of them left is they did a tour over the summer of universities and they found out, oh, they found out that there was quite a lot of adults who used to watch Tiz Was, who liked a bit of the saucy humour in that, so they went off mm-hmm. to do OTT, you know, the adult version of Tiz Was. We, we all remember that with the famous balloon dance. No, this mm-hmm. was going to be my thing. I never watched, or I didn't even know about OTT when I was a kid. I heard about it later. I'm like, really? I don't, I don't know oh, wow. what this is. I've never, I've never, I've only ever heard of it. I've never seen any actual existence of it until this in writing here. Oh wow! Okay. Oh yeah, I've seen episodes. Um, it it was bloody awful. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can imagine that. Um, why do uh, we yeah. think Sally James didn't leave? Why do you think she well, stuck with Tiswas? Exactly. Um, no, it was it was. Ter- it could have been good. It could have been good. It it was just we were in primary school at the time. Um, if you watched OTT, you were one of the cool kids because you were allowed to watch that. Um, there was a little kudos went with that. Um, see, in, but see in my primary school, if you, it was like if you watched the young ones, you were cool. I don't think anyone in mm-hmm. my school gave a shit about OTT. Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, uh, yeah. Our headmaster did kind of put a request out to parents to ask them not to let, allow us to watch it. Oh, that's um, going to work. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, parents, yeah, yeah. don't give your children heroin. Lovely heroin. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I, I I couldn't sit through an entire show. Uh, That's all right. We'll review it before long. Um. <laughs> Very true. No, that has to go on the list. To be honest, OTT was pretty anticlimactic. Well, speaking of which, um, let's move on to the next page. Ooh, Elvis the story. Now, 
let's set the scene here for anyone who isn't familiar with the Look In title. Mm. Comic strips were a massive part of Look In. Yes. Uh, I mean, nine times out of ten, the artwork was pretty decent on these comics. Yeah, yeah. The, narr- the narratives would leave a lot to be desired, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not going to be too harsh um, because they haven't really got the time frame to play with. They certainly didn't have with the Elvis story. So this had been serialised over a number of weeks, and that's what they would tend to do. I and think, over oh, the- right. I didn't. I honestly didn't know if they'd just come in with this. No, no, no. This is the this is the end piece. Because the first four uh, words in the top left hand corner on page three of the looking, uh-huh. the king is dead. Elvis, Correct. the story, and you're like, what? Yep. Hang on, is it? We- I think we've missed something. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's it's really like a, a smack in the face with a pan. This um, they, they they were serialized because I remember I remember they did the Duran Duran story. They did the Shake and Stevens story. Imagine they did all kinds. Imagine if this is how you found out that Elvis had died. Can you imagine? Can you? <laughs> I know it was like four years later, but still. <laughs> did they did they start the Shake and Stevens story after he died in the future? Maybe they did. Um, That'd be min- sure. if, the, if the first if the first episode of every one of these stories Duran Duran are dead. The Duran Duran <laughs> story, <laughs> right? No, I think for the um, the Shake and Stevens story, they just literally reused the images from the Elvis story, but wrote his speech in a Welsh accent. No, I don't mind the artwork for this. I've got a funny feeling they've bought this in. I don't think this has been made for them. I reckon this has been um, sort of syndicated from a like an, it sort of smacks of. An American publication somehow. Sure, I get that. But, you see, in pr- prior issues, when you had these stories, mm. uh, they would normally be two pages. This is one page. Yes, yes. And th- there isn't... Literally, literally, they may as just well have had a drawing of a shit house with the word dead stamped across <laughs> it because that's all you get from here. In the first panel, we go... Three women crying. It looks like two are sort of like teenage or early, and one of them is her mum. The caption above it says, um, It was August 16, 1977. A black day for those who, their ages ranging from teens to their 30s, had adored their king. Well, the woman in the middle is in her 50s. Does she not count? You just said, you just put the limit on saying to their 30s, there's no way on God's clean earth that that woman in the middle is 29. Um, next to that, she He's... looks like Janis Joplin. <laughs> Next to that, I think it's meant to be a hearse driving Elvis away. It looks, it looks like it's... the trotter's van from Only Fools and Horses. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> all I could hear when I see that panel is John Sullivan singing. All I can hear is John Sullivan, not Elvis. <laughs> yep. Oh, good Lord. But yeah, it's the, um, the gist of this one-page story is that Elvis is dead. People had opinions. But people still know who he is. There you go, saved your page. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's literally it. Overpraised, yeah. overweight, overnight, Aaron, Al- Aaron Alvis Presley. That's what an American has seen. That's yeah. one, of, one of the sharks, apparently. It is. I'm sure I've seen him in an episode of Perry Mason. I'm sure I have. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Good but grief. whatever they did to him, the legend lived on. In death, strangely, Elvis had become immortal. Well, he didn't keep gigging, did he? Um, you know? they, say, they say that above a thing that says Presley Knight. What's that? <laughs> right. Hey. Good Lord. 
Yeah. I do like the um, the music centre we see in the net. We will there is there are more things than this, by the way, dear Lister. We will move on. There's a one of the panels has got a delightful music centre. It's got a vinyl. It's beautiful. It's got a record deck, a cassette recorder, and some. It looks like some eight tracks jammed in the top. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's, it's got everything there. Hasn't it's it? got the I, lot. I, There's a radio tuner. The whack. I want that. Forget your iPods. I want this. Yeah, uh, that's what you want. A music centre. Yes. It is the centre of old music. Ooh, blimey. Yeah. So that was Elvis the story. Then the <laughs> king is dead. <laughs> Next, we're going to look around. We certainly are. Now, look, the look around part was... One thing about looking was it really did encourage interaction with its Look around, uh, around, look. Look around, around, look. Look around. <laughs> that's what it says at the it, top. Um, it that, absolutely If there was does. a theme tune, that's what that would be. That, that would be its jingle. I totally agree. Uh... And they try to cover bits and pieces. Um, we've, I mean, got, we've got a fucking three-paragraph advertorial for pet insurance. What the fuck? Yes. Uh, somebody somewhere is getting a backhander for, for throwing this in. Yeah, because um, it, it's like for an actual pet insurance company. It's not, oh, yeah. it might be a good idea to insure your pet. It's like, no, you should go to them as well. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes, there's, there's the a rabbit fuck? off here. Fuck. Good Lord. Veterinary fees, third-party liability... I mean, the average eight-year-old's looking at this going, the what? Uh-huh. No, 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 death of pet. We've just had the death <laughs> of Elvis, now we've got death of pet. <laughs> yep. the, the, the killer cannot be stopped. <laughs> death of pet resulting from accident, illness, poisoning or breeding. Hold a bit, when did this turn into Agatha Christie for whippets? Speaking of psychopaths, mm-hmm. there's a thing underneath, um, there's a photo of what it, it alleges to be some uh, soft toys. Idea to toy with. <laughs> the letter says, I thought you might like to see this photograph of these furry and woolly toys. I designed them and make them out of scraps of wool, fur and felt. I think they make them out of abducted pets, but there we go. I will, uh-huh. I'd like this bit. Our local wool shop buys them yep. from me and sells yep. them. That's from mm-hmm. Leslie in Bognor Regis. I think you'll find Leslie. They say they're going to sell them, then they put them in a big burning bin out the back. Yes, yes. <laughs> they, they do. Put them in a big burning bin... <laughs> And, and uh, while they're burning, they throw dog shit on top of them. <laughs> and and then abducted dogs. <laughs> They've got an insurance scam going as well. They, they are. <laughs> they don't like your toys, Leslie. <gasps> Fucking hell. Make sure you uh, skin it first. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, just in case you didn't know, um, they, they do tell us on the second uh, page of Look Around that... Um, the debut album from Bucks Fizz is out. Well, it, it says, have you seen the debut album from Bucks Fizz yet? And I think, well, bear in mind, this is September, and they were, yeah, in, the yeah, Euro- yeah. They were in the Eurovision in May. <laughs> yes. I should imagine that by now, if I haven't seen it, I don't give a fuck. Whether I've seen it or not is absolutely irrelevant. Shouldn't you be asking <laughs> us if we fucking heard it? <laughs> Just, yes. Well, where's the journalism in this? Have you seen the debut? I have. I walked straight fucking past it on Woolworth's seriously, shelf last week. Seriously, this magazine is, as I said, fucking littered with type and errors. There's yeah. stray letters. There's punctuation all over the place. There's missing letters. It's, it's and fucking I know all over you. the place. It's insane. I yes. know you. You would have smashed the house up. I had to have a lie down. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we got a letter. A letter from Darlene in, uh, in Leckhampton in Gloucestershire. She likes the royal family, and she's written in to say how much she likes the royal family. Now, That's right. Have you underlined the bit that I have? 
when she's Go listened on. all of the memorabilia she's got. Go on. She's gone... Uh, she's making a bust of Lady Diana Spencer. It looks very realistic, she says. She hasn't included a photo, so we'll take our word for that. On okay. a bedroom wall, she's got lots of photographs of Prince Charles and Lady Diana. Also, she has some china mugs and a scrapbook and a big jigsaw puzzle. This is the bit I love. Also, a brass pan with a photo of Prince Charles, which my father bought for me when we went to Barry Island. That's right. That's no. right. I have brass pans circled. No. no, I haven't been to Barry Island. But I might go now to go to the celebrity brass pan shop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can't. Uh, yes. A 15 litre saucepan with his face laser engraved in the bottom. <laughs> Mint. <laughs> will you get amazing. me? Will you get me the one? Will you get me the pancake pan with Beryl <laughs> Reed on it, please? Will you do that for me? I certainly will. Good, it's, uh, it good. It sounds fucking amazing. What is she oh. talking about? <laughs> Darlene Ward has never left the house. <laughs> yeah, but think of the effort she's making in the fucking cellar. It's amazing. And of course, no, no letters page in a magazine in the 1980s would have been complete without the pen pals. Without the pen pals. The pen pals. The Did you ever have a pen pal? Um, not from something like this. Right. Not to the point where like, I wrote into somewhere and went, I want a pen pal and got a yeah. pen pal. No, not like that. Yeah. No. No, because I I didn't have any and I didn't want any because uh, right. I had mates, um, but <laughs> there was nothing. Well, you know, you, you're literally alienating both of our listeners now. <laughs> True, but I just think, yeah, okay, fair enough. I just uh, what gets me, of course, and we're used to this in in such retrospective um, ma- uh, magazines. They print uh, sometimes. They print the entire address. Yes. We're not going to read the it, but they, they, they do it in this. Wait, yeah. tell you what, what, what to do, right? Go to PeggyManPod.com, click on the link, download the magazine. We're not, we're not hosting it. It's hosted elsewhere. We're not responsible for that, right? Mm-hmm. Write to these people. See if they're still at the same addresses that they published here. Write and ask to be their pen pal. Yeah. You, yeah. you could be pen pals with Paula in Guernsey. That's all I'm saying. She likes shaking Stevens and Abba. That's normal, isn't it? And she goes... yeah. Well, yeah. I dislike punks, skinheads, seal, dolphin, and whale killing, cruelty to animals and babies. And you're like, oh, okay, that's quite a list of a long list of things that you dislike, considering that all you like is shaken Stevens and Abba. But okay, Paula, we'll we'll go with that. Yes, I mean, who wouldn't dislike those things as well? That's fine. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a light <clears throat> afternoon at McDonald's, that isn't it? Well, fast forward to um to to Key from Stoke on Trent, who uh, who likes Star Wars. That's excellent, yep. that's fine. ABBA, yep. another ABBA fan, brilliant. Reading, writing and school. Yeah. Key dislikes punks and doing homework. I'll tell you what, the punk what? rock's getting a bad name what, here. What the fuck have the punks done? Look at this is fucking outrageous. <laughs> yeah, it is. Also, who likes reading, writing and school, but dislikes homework? What's your fucking homework then? <laughs> then we move on to the next uh, prospective pen pal searcher, Sharon. Uh-huh. Uh, Sharon, Sharon's 11 Sharon loves Blondie Madness Adam and the Ants and swimming that's you know what that's arguably a much better musical taste than the people we've had already who just like ABBA uh, I don't yeah, dislike yeah, ABBA but that's you know there's a, a wider range there that's fine what does, tell me, what, what does Sharon dislike Sharon dislikes school dinners with her there with her there yeah, um, yeah, yeah. crickets mm-hmm. with her there okay I don't mind cricket but anything else yeah 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 uh, slaughtering 
Sharon dislikes <laughs> dislikes <laughs> slaughtering. The fucking hell, Sharon. There's two ways to look at this. There's two ways to look at this, right? Because none of us like slaughtering. Does she mean that she's been asked to go out and slaughter on a Saturday as like a part-time job while she's at school and she doesn't like doing it? Or does she not just generally dislike the fact that things are killed? Sharon, go to Woolworths and work behind the record counter. Don't be putting a pickaxe through a sheep's head to earn a bag of crisps. I fucking love the bit at the top where it's actually from looking and he goes we will not be able to answer or pass in any letters and we cannot guarantee that every request will get published please note that it is up to readers to get in touch with each other direct not via looking you're like considering this is a service you're offering you're getting quite fucking shirty about it mate is this yeah. are all the punks spoiling your day <laughs> the the editor the editor has been pissed on by a punk in a bus stop. That's what's happened here. All they've got week in, week out is letters from people who go, hello, I'm Tony, I'm 12, I love slaughtering. Please, can I have a pen pal? <laughs> they don't know yeah. what the fuck to do with them. Oh, as well as audience interaction, of course, Look In would feature some lovely um, little articles uh, about sports, music, entertainment. And do you know what? Oh, jump for joy. There's a lovely little article in here called Gottle of Gear, Gottle of Gear, about vent acts on the telly. Yeah. Now, I was eight years old in 1981. Eight-year-old me absolutely loved this article because I, I love them. I love them. I've got issues here. Um, why? <laughs> well, first of oh, I know why. I know for... why. I, I... Do you? I can see one photograph on the second page of this article... That no, is no, giving no. You it's, it's, it's not. No, it's not even that. It's the right. text. We, it's broken up into paragraphs, but there's no mm. crossheaders between like tying off subjects. Agreed. It's just reams of fucking text. It, it fucking is, yes. boring. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm expected to wade through all of this. There's a lot of random italicising as well, actually, because it's all middle-aged men that they're interviewing. There's this air of melancholy, has been bitterness to every fucking interview here. They're all wow. Les McQueen in the League of Gentlemen telling us that yeah. it's a shit business. Uh, yeah, I get that a little bit, to be fair. But again, to eight-year-old me, I didn't get that vibe uh, why, back in the day. This was why does this article keep referring to the Muppets as if they're ventriloquist dummies? I know, yes. They're, they're, they're not. Misinformed, That's isn't absolutely it? not what the fucking act is at all. No. If anything, no. these ventriloquists, oh, yeah, and the Muppets are popular. Yeah, they're fucking more popular than you, mate. I imagine you fucking hate them. <laughs> well, they, this they, is it. they can come on and the kids laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Rather than just crying and wanting to go home. We hear from yep. another chap called Ward Allen. He's got Roger the dog. I remember Ward Allen. I can't wait for next week's article when we get a write-up about fuck the pig. Right. No, I mean, it's it's fine. I like the... the we wait until we get to the very last paragraph. Mm-hmm. It says, um, all the ventriloquists talked about here have been men... And the reason is that there are very few women ventriloquists. You're like, well, go and fucking find one, mate. You're the journalist. Although this may be changing. Cheeky Charlie Cherrywood's explanation is perhaps a bit unfair. And I quote, women can't keep their mouths shut. And you're like, is that any way to end this fucking article? At all. Really? <laughs> That's actually shocking, you know. <laughs> fucking appalling. Seriously. It is. It is. It's... it's... Let's let's change the the tone completely. And moving on to yet another comic strip, of course. Now I will name um, 
the the comic strips that we've, we've featured. We've had the Elvis story. We've got Buck Rogers. Yes. We've got Wurzel Gummidge. We've got Cannon and Ball. We've got Smuggler. And uh-huh. we've got Chips. Quite the buffet. And, of course, all based on the then-contemporary popular ITV shows. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's but, a decent coverage as well. When you're getting, is, like, am- American action shows. And also, fucking Cannon and Ball. Mint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cannon and Ball. Now, as mentioned... We said prior, these stories, though, the problem is they don't have time to breathe. Not in two pages. Yeah. Granted, some stories will continue over the weeks. But even so, in this one here, the Buck Rogers, um, himself and Tweaky are battling against what looks like tan-striped diplodocus dinosaurs. Yeah. um, With lasers that make the sound thriss and thrassa. Um, Thrassa's nice. Thras is beautiful. I'm going to start using that. Uh, uh, but again, uh, very similar to Elvis. The artwork is good here. Yes, I'm liking it. And I'm enjoying the artwork on Book Rogers. Again, it's very much that, you know, we said they're like taking a still. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to use the word traced, but they've used that as like a very, very close reference. They really have, haven't Putting they? Putting basic cell shading over that. It's looking good. I'm liking, I'm liking the watercolour textures of the backgrounds. It's Yes. The fact yes. that fuck all happens is neither here nor there. But yep. it's, yeah, no, I'm, yep. I am enjoying this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming that this is the last segment <clears throat> of this particular story. It seems um, to be the last segment of all of them. It, it does for this know, particular issue we, of looking that we're looking at, doesn't it? I know, I know when we get to like the last page, as we did earlier, it says, oh, it's all changing next week. I'd have been reading this worried it was about to go under. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> Although it is rescued by the fact that, because they all do say at the end of the show, a great new adventure starts next week. Yeah, it's optimistic, isn't it? You're like, yeah, it's not, there is no next week. <laughs> right, right, yeah. The way they've portrayed Wilma uh, on the book Rogers there on the second page, Yeah. to me, that's Anna Freed from ABBA, <laughs> when she's got her hair in a bone like that. No, that's fair. Even, even with the white collar. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm waiting for it to sing Chiquita in that panel, but never mind. <laughs> and the, those aliens look remarkably like Doctor Who sea devils, but anyway, never mind. They look yeah. a bit like them ones out of Captain Zepp. When I um, when I was reading Book Rogers, I got a bit hungry. Yeah, yeah, a bit peckish, excitement. A bit peckish, a bit peckish. Appetite, yeah. Well, do you know what? It's great because I turn over the next page and there's a recipe for coffee honey crackles. <sighs> there is, isn't there? Now it's yeah. your bog standard jar of honey, some rice krispies. Mm-hmm. Squelch them together, stick them yep. in your little paper cupcake case type things. Yep. There you go, bang. That's your rice krispie cakes. Fine, it's a classic. There's nothing to them, but it's something that kids can easily make, enjoy the mess, da 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 da. What what what, what tell me again, what was the first word of this? How do they make this recipe different? What is the, the USP of this particular recipe? Two teaspoons of powdered coffee. What the fuck? Right. Imagine that. Right. Imagine yeah. how absolutely disgusting. I like coffee. Imagine how absolutely disgusting that is going to be. Would you have a coffee sandwich? Would you take a jar of Mellow Birds and sprinkle the coffee on two slices of bread and eat it? No. So why are you going to put it in a cake? <laughs> it's the same principle. It's, it's absolutely fucking grotesque. It really fucking is. I am tempted to make these. I am. You get, it, you get it at the bottom. This is the last of the Swallow This recipes for the time being, but we'll be returning to the world of food in future issues of your new look at Will You Fuck? Not like this, you won't. 
This is the last. Right. This is the last one because the editor has read this and thrown the contributor in the bin, in yeah. the burning bin, <laughs> in the in the burning bin, along with the soft toys from that girl. And I'll tell you what else will go in the bin. I bet the bacon tray that these are cooked on goes in the bin because I bet the honey spills out. There's clag from arsehole to breakfast time. I'm telling you now. <laughs> the I oven, bet there was hell on in kitchens up and down the country with the coffee oven, honey crackles. The oven was dragged out the back and set on fire. <laughs> it was already on fire because the honey <laughs> was burning hell. on the tin. Oh, dear God. Awful. Awful. Um, we've also got an article about snakes. Yes. Now, I, I'm interested in snackers. I don't mind them. Right. But this was shit. <laughs> there is one... You, you get to, like, first sentence. Oh. First sentence of the third paragraph. Lizards, like other mammals, have rigid jaws. Can you hear the fucking alarm bells there? <laughs> Liz- li- lizards, like other mammals. The implication being that lizards are mammals. And you're like, fucking kids are eating this, man. Yeah, They're yeah, going to yeah. be kids in school on Monday morning going, Sir, 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 lizards are mammals, aren't they? What? Lizards, they're mammals. I read it in the looking. That's it, a fucking blackboard rubber across the class. There's tears. Ofsted are coming in. There's fucking hell on. There's extra biology homework being given. Oh, good God. Lizards like other mammals. Fucking says at the bottom, the RSPCA have like co-authored this as well. Yeah, completely insane. However, more sanity uh, can be derived from the next page, which is a competition to win 12 Hornby Intercity 125 sets. I never had a train set like this, and I wanted one. Did I enter this? No. <laughs> and looking at the questions, I can tell why. I like yeah. it. I, I do like the fact that it's a... You've basically got, like, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five journeys there. You get the time from London to five different cities, and then three uh-huh. options for how long each journey takes. So you've got London, Houston, to Manchester. They say one hour 26, 55 minutes, or two hours 28 minutes... You've got to get five of these right. You've got to know your fucking train times. Yep. In order to enter this competition. I respect the fuck out of that. I've I've said before, if my brain wasn't full of Star Wars, I'd be a train spotter. I have all the fucking time for those people. I just don't operate on that wavelength. I love it. And yes, this does no, look like a pretty fucking amazing train set. It absolutely it does, yeah. And the fact the time- that the third paragraph mm-hmm. tells you in far too much detail what you get. I'm not even gonna read it yeah. out. Read, read, read no. out what you get. I mean, you get the R three seventy HST power car, the R three seven one HST dummy power car, yeah, yeah. the R two forty. I'm asleep already. No, Do you, you know get what I mean? lots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it sounds great. I don't know if they're like pattern for space. I get the impression they really are that enthusiastic about it. That's what I love. Nah, no, that, that's great. I, I, I clap my hands at that. That's it. That's Mind you, it does say. If you're wondering about the amount of track, well, there's 4.1 metres worth of it, enough to satisfy any competition winner. I'm not sure you've read your audience there, mate. Uh, No, not at all. Not at all. If I was the train guy, I'd be quite happy to go, 8.2 metres would be better. (laughs) 8.2 metres would be better. That wouldn't get from the bedroom door to the shithouse. You know. That's no good to anybody, that. (laughs) Absolutely not. But bear in mind, anyone who wins this, they're already going to have a load of track in there. Compatible track. Yeah, yeah, of course they fucking are. Yeah. This would be this would be going in like the the setup in the loft. That's fine, love it. Yeah, yeah. I would I would I would estimate. Yeah. Anyway, um, the competition let's... closes on Monday, the twenty first of September, nineteen eighty one. So we're probably a bit late for that. Oh, oh well, you never know. I, I might just get that coupon cut out. Smash it. Um, anyway, let us make tracks across to our next comic strip, and of course, it's Wurzel Gummidge. Yes. A big deal at the time still, at this point, mm-hmm. uh, on TV. Mm-hmm. We join our favourite scarecrow 
as he's terrorising the Lord Mayor of London. Like some psychotic squatter. Yes. Because suddenly... Yes, because suddenly... Wurzelkovich has developed this absolute fascination for the story of Dick Whittington. And... I mean, this is what used to happen in the show as well. Every week he would have a different fad or a different desire and off he'd trot in his naivety and his innocence. He's abducted a cat. Uh, he has, because Dick Whittington, of course, had the cat. Um, also, he knows somewhere where he can flog on the fur. The artwork's all right. The artwork's very it. good. I, I do very much like the um, the expressions, the character likenesses. Really, really good yeah, yeah. likeness of um, John Pertwee in this. The yeah. problem is, I never really liked Wurzel Gummidge. I wanted to like it, but not enough happened. It's not that, I just found it unsettling. The oh, old version, the new version, I just find it too creepy. So seeing a a very realistic comic of a thing that's creepy is still just creepy. So, yeah, sure, I'm not... sure. Ooh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, you know. I get it. The Crow Man, um, who Wurzel used to answer to, uh, played by Jeffrey Bailden back in the TV, he put the fear of God into me because he was he was really harsh on Wurzel. Right. Um, and there was a lot of creepy imagery in such mm-hmm. a... Mm-hmm. what should have been a delightful, um, rustic setting, but it revealed a true horror behind that. I can picture how it works better as, like, a children's book when you're not presented with how horrific everything is, literally first person, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And true to form, uh, we reached the end of that particular story with Wurzel, and we're promised that another hilarious story starts next week. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, okay, fine. <laughs> but 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 just just when you're, you're getting over the hilarity, oh, we're straight back to back to another comic strip, and it's Rock On Tommy with Cannon and Ball. That's right. This here is the very mm-hmm. essence of looking. Yes, it is. Yes, if it you is. had to distill it down to anything, mm-hmm. it's a one-page comic strip, loosely drawn, sketched in, of the cannon and the bull. Because mm-hmm. again, the character likenesses, considering how sketchy this is, are fucking spot on. They are. More so Tommy than Bobby. Yeah, but you know, it's it's still, you see the pair of them together, you know who that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is about two middle-aged comedians, um, and the one-page comic does feature violence and sexual predation but you know other than that yeah harmless yeah <laughs> fair fair um as you say this this is a an absolute stalwart feature of looking bobby gets it- punched outside a phone box for interrupting a man's conversation tommy's trying to chat up some lass um then bobby basically stalks her back to her house yeah that that is the punchline yeah yeah <laughs> I spent the got? entire mm-hmm. evening ringing Dolly. She wasn't in. She is now. I've just seen her home. Thank you. And you're like, oh, more laughs next week. Well, there yeah. we go. I'm pleased. <laughs> I'm pleased because I, I mean, they've got nine panels to play with. Right, fine. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think this is great, but it's dreadful as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. Um, like I say, it is a, a, a part of looking this. In the past, they used to have Benny Hill. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've got a, a look-in TV special annual from the 70s with um, Benny Hill comic strip in there. They used to have a Leslie Crowther comic strip. Amazing. How the tits? Do you write a comic strip about Crowther? Well, just Niche doesn't come close. Just about his crazy adventures, I imagine. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> like what? Fuck me. Is it, here's a question for you, then. 
right? So we're talking about these comic strips and how they were reflective of popular acts and popular TV shows at the time. Yeah. So if Looking was still being made today, what what comic strip-wise, what do you reckon would be in there? I guarantee so, you that Ant and Deck would have their own strip, like Cannonball. There you go. They have exactly you know who, the same energy for having like little yeah. one-page side adventures. Bosh. Yep. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? I was thinking about this, and I thought, well, do you know what? A few years ago, it would be Miranda Hart. Yeah, yeah but, well, she's BBC, but yeah. Uh, she you know, if you're like, talking about, again, if you did it now, you'd probably include, you wouldn't just be like limited to ITV. You couldn't, because like, ITV didn't show fuck all anymore. Um, I even think that goes fast to have Alan Carr. I don't know. I'd like to think Alan Carr would work well. I think it'd yeah. be like a... An action adaptation strip, you know, like we have with Book Rogers and Chips of something like Stranger Things. Ah, yeah, right. I've got Stranger Things written right there. There we go. Okay, moving on from the comic side of things, uh, we've got got to bring music. Got to the looking colour centre. Yeah, Kate Bush. There's a page and a half interview with Kate Bush, uh-huh. and a half page interview with Tony Basil. Now. It's not just because they're women. This it's mainly because the article is about dancing. This is very much for the girls, for the girl readers. This isn't it? Absolutely, and yep. that's fine. Don't get me wrong, because there's fucking far too much in there. That's just for the boys that the girls ain't going to give a fuck about. I'm absolutely fine with it. It just comes off as a bit. Here's an interview about dancing. Apart from anything else, it's called the Looking Colour Centre, and the it's second page of this uses two fucking black and white photos. That's right. Yes. <laughs> The only colour part of it is the fact they printed on yellow background. Yeah, that's um, someone getting <clears> sacked <throat> this week, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You're right, though. Looking is very male centric. <clears throat> very, but yeah, okay. So this is a tick box for the girls. Tony Basil. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. That was her, wasn't it? It was. I mean, they mentioned that like about three times in the article as well. That's all I know her for. Apparently, Same. I think that's largely all she's known for now. I think she was bigger back then, but I think was, she was not I think on she my was... radar. I knew who Kate Bush was, but Kate Bush was like a that was someone who the grown ups liked. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know anyone my age who liked Kate Bush. <clears throat> um, yeah, I liked her, I liked her, the singles that were in the top 10, but I wasn't buying her albums at eight years old, right? But yeah, um, a couple of adverts, <clears throat> one of them in particular on the next page. Uh, fascinated me a little bit because it's advertising annuals because yes. this is the September issue of Looking. Yep. We're now, you know, this is ready for your Christmas shopping. Um, I had one of the annuals on here. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I had two of them. I had the Chips annual and I had the Mighty Mouse annual. Mint. The Mighty Mighty Mouse one was bought for me. I didn't ask for that. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Mighty Mouse, but the Chips one, yep, got that. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling I had that Tizwas one. If it wasn't that one, it was the next year's I but Okay, okay. But they're all on there. Uh, this is a sign of the times. Uh, the Scout Annual. Remember those, the Scout Annuals. <laughs> What's well, got the Scout Annual? Then underneath, the Cub Scout Annual. Yeah. And you know, fucking make your mind up. Could this not have been one annual? <laughs> I know, right? Mind uh, you, you've this... got the Brownie Annual and the Girl Guides Annual. That's fine. I well, get there's two different like age groups of that. Then you've that's got what I think the, the Outdoor is, yeah. Adventure Book. I think that's been covered by the last four, Terry. Really. <laughs> right. I think it is just all of the other four, all the pages clagged together and put in another one. <laughs> great great marketing plan, that. Well, <clears throat> yeah. 
Um, the Daily Mirror Pop Club Annual. Yes. Interesting. Followed by the Elvis Special, which right. is basically 96 pages of... He's dead. Yep. It's still dead. <laughs> 96 variations on that comic strip from the start. Yep, yep. But, yeah, good selection. Good selection. Took me back. Now, we're on to another comic. Because there are a lot of comics. We are. Now, explain this to me. Smuggler. What is Smuggler? The what now is what you look at first. Um, So, on investigation, this was a swashbuckling 13-part children's series on ITV. Oh, okay. About a post-Napoleonic naval officer turned smuggler. I had not heard of this. Looking at this strip... It seems mm. to be some kind of cross between the Scarlet Pimpernel and Dick Turpin. Kinda, yeah, pretty much. Um, Oliver Tobias, does that name ring a bell? No, nope. well the name does, I can't picture him. Sure, well he was the smuggler. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of an action um, action strip. Uh, in this particular story, the smuggler, uh, he gets shot in the arsehole and falls off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um and then he swims back to the safety of his family house and he has some wine. And that's it. More, more action next week. I do like the artwork of this. I like the energy. It's, it's high contrast. Mm. Yeah, I it's like great. it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I just get the impression from looking at all of those sort of Regency-style navy long coats that mm-hmm. this TV show, a bit mm. like the Dick Turpin thing, where it's like, we can make this because we've got all the costumes in a box out the back that have been used 900 times before. Off we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've used <coughs> cast-offs from the Uneden line. That's what's yeah. happened here. Yeah. <clears throat> Without a doubt, yeah. And I think Smuggler was... No, it was after Dick Turpin, yeah, so they'll, they'll have been left over from there. Right. Again, looking, had a Dick Turpin comic strip. It had a Sapphire and Steel comic strip. It, anything at the time, wallop, they were in there. They were on the ball in terms of that. They were on trend looking. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, no, very good. Then we got uh, two pages of Sports Spotlight, Sports Spotlight, Sports Spotlight. Two pages of text about motorcycle racing. I was going to say, it's Sports Spotlight if you like bikes. Fucking Um, dreadful. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'll be honest, I just took a look at this and went, yep, and I turned over. I fucking promise you, the kids who were into looking were not into the sports. You've got to to put it in there for a bit of coverage, but the fact that there's only two fucking pages of it is such a token effort. You're like, no one cares, mate, really. There is almost zero fucking crossover here. No one gives a shit. Especially if you've got to do something, mate. Football. Kids play football outside. They don't all have motorcycles. They don't give a shit. Well, you see, back in the 70s, uh, Looking did have a football section. It was Brian Moore, right. uh, famous, I think he was an ex-footballer, and I think he was a, a commentator at the time. Uh, it was Brian Moore's Football Focus, or whatever it was called. And, yeah, there used to be, like, a double page, and then it was reduced to a page. But that used to be going on in previous issues. Maybe feedback was like, oh, we're sick of football. There's more to life than that. Don't There's get, don't m- get more me sports. wrong. I used to read Hotshot Hamish. I just didn't care about it. Well, there you are. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> But mind you, it's in context because it sets us up rather nicely for the next comic strip. It does. Fair play. Fair fucking play at home. We're back on track. John takes the ride of his life in the Chips comic. Yeah, absolutely. The lads from Chips get involved in a thrilling bike chase. Call them by their name, the Chips Boys. The Chips Boys. Some diamond thieves. Yeah, they're being chased by uh, John and Punch. It's all pretty standard fare and what you'd expect. Um, Again, we're at the end. 
we're, we're with the end of this story. I don't know how long it's been going on for, but there's a standoff with... It seems to be... It says Diamond Thieves. There's a guy pointing a gun at the police. He looks like one of the army captains out of the A team. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, Colonel Decker. Reminds me of Colonel Decker. Yeah. There's, he, he goes, um, we'll be... I'll do... This is this is going to be in America, isn't it? Yes, we'll be leaving now. It ain't more than 15 minutes to the border, and we can cross where there ain't no frontier post. But it also works if you imagine going, we'll be leaving now. It ain't more than 15 minutes to the border, and we can cross where there ain't no frontier post. Right? You know. Especially on these bikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll be leaving now. It ain't more than 15 minutes to the border. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it all works. It's multi-regional. I like it. Yeah, it's great. As a mad biker great. comes to their rescue, mm-hmm. providing it'll get let off with a parking ticket or some such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to see police corruption in a children's comic. I like this. Yeah, of course. And and Robert Pine, who plays the part of their sergeant... He gets the best artwork. He gets the best artwork. He's clearly been on the steroids. Yes. <laughs> he, he looks like he's a bit bunged up. He's been straining. <laughs> Hasn't he? <laughs> God almighty. But uh, <clears throat> well, we've got a chance to calm down after, after the excitement of chips. Oh, uh, because we? We, we move into another area uh, that Lookin was famous for. And the coverage of the popular music. I will say that based on what we've discussed so far, anyone listening to this who's never read Lookin could be forgiven for thinking, is this just about the telly and that? Um, bit of sport and uh, there's more to life. Yeah. Well, stop the press, because a regular feature of Lookin was the music of the time in the form of interviews and articles every now and again, but more importantly, the famous collector page segments. Or in this particular case, comatose page. Right, right. (laughs) Um, This is where readers were invited to cut out an entire page from the magazine which featured someone from the world of pop and rock. In this case, Spandau Ballet Steve. Yes, yes. Steve from... Steve Normal... Um, from well, he signs Spandau it at the, Ballet. He signs it at the bottom, but at the yeah. top it just says Spandau Ballet Steve. Yeah, yeah. Guitar, comma, congas slash bongos. Yeah. I thought a conga <clears> was a dance. Is that an instrument as well? No, he can play the bongo while he's doing the conga. Okay. That's that's what's going on there. Okay. Uh, it's either that so, or the guitar. Or the guitar. And this is from the obviously the early days of Spandau when they're, well, they've passed the tartan era. But they're still wearing what's well, like a throw, isn't it, from IKEA um, across the yes, shoulder? Yes, pretty much, just like a really heavy cotton drill wool blend throw. Mm. Yeah, the eighties. Bless Steve must have been so fucking chuffed that he was the last in the queue out of his own band. Well, there's that. I think that's probably because <clears throat> he's there. He's sat there and he's looking thirty-five, despite his profile saying twenty. <laughs> twenty, <years> my ass. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, absolutely not. His favourite clothes, by the way, because there's a breakdown. Yes, of, yes, of all, all the things he likes. So that you, right, if you're collecting these, you're going to know what all of these people like yes. and perhaps dislike. So when you meet them on the street, you yep. will already have the inside track and you go, mm. Steve, 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 isn't it? Well, d- d- oh, favourite clothes, stylish, they're forever changing. That's you, isn't yep. it, Steve? And he'll go, yeah, yep. yeah, that's me. Yep. Oh, hello, fan. that's right that's right and you need absolutely anything won't you steve i love this favorite food absolutely everything right i'm starting a rumor that steve norman out of the spandau ballet likes fray bentos pies 
straight out mm -hmm. of the tin with cool mm -hmm. tripe and foie gras. Right. I yeah. think that tells yeah. us a lot about him. Come on, Steve. Does. Fucking hell. It does. It does. <laughs> right, question for you. You'll know this. Mm. When did Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album come out? Uh, 78. Ah, right, okay. Because this is favourite album. I still like Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. It's only fucking yeah. three years old at this point. It's not like they've come round your house and made you burn it, Steve. In the world of pop and rock, that's outdated. That's Ooh, old hat. Because he's hip in the happening and, and most of all, stylish. I know, but then he's talking about Funkadelic. That's even older. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. mate, Steve, come on, mate. Anyway, that's the world of pop and rock over. Um, time to test our grey matter with a screen quiz. Yes. Oh, te telly quiz, telly quiz. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so, yeah, generic sort of magazine quiz. Question one. Yep. Picture below is the negative photograph of a famous TV celebrity. Can you name him? One, it's obviously Gil Gerard. Two, yes. that man, Gil Gerard, is so aggressively neutral, he might be the only man on the planet who looks exactly the same in negative. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one I didn't get was number three. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Fill in the missing word to give you the title of a recent hit from The Beat. Doors of your dot dot dot. I can sort of guess it because it sounds like kind of generic, but I've no idea what that single is. Toilet. Yes, doors of your toilet. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Um, I love I love how these are like generally. What nationality is Grand Prix motor racing driver Nelson Piquet? Um, what are the Christian names of the two male members of ABBA? Question six. What's the new Tizwas lineup? This is a fucking test. Yeah, isn't it? There's no way you're not... The, the, you've been told about this on page two of the magazine. You've got this far. Yep. Why don't you know this? We get a paragraph underneath about Papa Smurf with his friend Pierre the Clown. What is all this yeah. about? It's a sex dream. It's a, it's a man standing next to a trailer. It says Pierre the yeah. Clown. Then there's like a warning triangle with a picture of Papa Smurf on it. He's he's there next to the trailer. It, it Basically, it it looks like Papa Lazarou. Um mm -hmm. And it says on on this trailer on the side, for safety with a Smurf. Is he doing some kind of, like, health and safety tour with the Smurf? This cannot be officially sanctioned. What is this? No, I, I, I know, I know. The thing is, as well, they've got the obsession with Smurfs. Again, they used to have a Smurf comic oh, strip. The, 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 this is the Smurf corner, this half a page. Mm -hmm. What's Smurfing, it's called. <clears throat> That's right. They and can't a, let it go. Can't let it go. There's a poem from Michelle. And the poem, I found, really works... If you read it in the voice of Pam Ayres. Smurfs are always smiling. I think they look so sweet. Their little white hats and trousers make them look so neat. Although in Lookins magazines, I always see them there. To me, I say, quite honestly, outside the magazine, they are rare. I suppose, I suppose it's, it's because, because they're, they're shy, shy, you, you see. see. We, we give, give them, them quite, quite a, fright. a fright. I wonder, though, most cautiously, they, they only, only come, come at night. <laughs> right. Thank, thanks for that, Michelle. I love the top. We don't seem to have your address, Michelle. Yes, that's right. Anonymous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she knows they're going to print her address, that's why. Anyway, oh, while we get over that, we've had a little bit of music. Hey... What's coming up in the, in the autumn season on ITV? Let's should we find out? Let's get back to the telly. What's on telly? What are what are they? What are the kids? What are the under twelves watching? Jimmy Tarbuck. Yeah, this is it. This is. I mean, me personally, when I used to read Looking, I loved the TV features, and if you like, this is part of the the cover article, the main feature, if you will. Yeah, don't get me wrong. 
This is like this is the kind of program that I did used to watch when it takes all. Yeah, yeah. But this heading at the top says this week sees the arrival of some smashing new television series. So the first two things they cover is the last episode of Winner Takes All and then a film. Not even enough to fill out two pages. <laughs> no, at all. You know, um, I was surprised to see Winner Takes All in this because of the target demographic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know many, apart from you and I and Ozzy, um, which uh, eight or 11-year-olds are watching Tarby and Jeffrey Wheeler clack on about who's bidding 10 to 1 every uh, Thursday night. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not just that, but this section does say about Winner Takes All. Actually, this is a series that's just reaching an end. Here's some space to fill. Uh, yep. what? Yeah, that was it. Did we have some space to fill, look in, did we? <laughs> Good I think it, it's more that Tarby's agent has been on the phone going, get Jimmy in this week, though, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're All like, well, the- well, we're not sure if he's got any programmes. I tell you what, you get Jimmy in this week... Or you're getting some new winners in next week. What's it going to be? Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly that. Because we've got Jeffrey Wheeler and a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but, let's just hang fire here. Because notable mentions from this section are a little bit about the amazing Spider-Man TV series. That's right. This is, this is, your, this is your cover feature. I had palpitations over this. Because I was used to... Adam West's Batman, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. Bill Bigsby's The Incredible Hulk, and now, and Christopher Reeve's Superman by this time in the movies. Now yes. we've got Spider Man, and it's Nicholas Hammond. Yep, yep. I'm assuming it was like the pilot, sort of feature length pilot episode. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. I saw that in the Robin Cinema at Durham. Same. They actually showed that at the cinemas. They did? So uh, I'm guessing a double that was feature. A, yeah, you know, it was kind of like a, there's Spider Man, it'll be on the telly next week, bosh. Well, not, it wouldn't have been next week, but, you know. They did it as a double feature with Cactus Jack starring Kirk Douglas. There you are. <laughs> there you are. But uh, I love this. Looking back, the little scenes where he's climbing up buildings. Help. Mm-hmm. help. Please help. Someone please help these people. <laughs> but apart from that, willing suspension. So we've got Jimmy Tarbuck finishing out his series. We've got The Eagle Has Landed. Michael Gain. No, You know, all right, some kids might be watching it, but it's... A- fucking war film it's not about like a new series of fucking shows then you've got Spider-Man that's an American import it's not until we get to the second page of this article then it's landed on all four wheels wallop wallop Metal Michael ah Saturday five past five yeah I watched it recently Metal Michael right utter (laughs) utter (laughs) vagina There we go. It's fucking awful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Metal Mickey. It was, and let's face it, you you remember it back in the day. It was a yes. thing. It was a big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it not even being a great thing, but it was It's like Super Grand. It was just compulsive watching. Yeah, it was. Um, the Pyramid Game. Now, the Pyramid Game came from Bruce's Big Night Out. Oh, okay, see, I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little feature within Bruce's Big Night Out, but when that got canned... I think someone liked the format of this, so gave it its own slot, and uh, okay. I used to love it. Yeah, yeah, I love the pyramid game. Love the set, love the colours. Great. Fair. Take a letter, Mr Jones. Yeah, off you go, Mr Inman. Now, you know what? This write-up makes it sound absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It isn't. I've seen it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've heard you talking about it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, the John Inman sitcom. 
mm-hmm. where he's working as a secretary for Rula Lenska. Right. Um, we all want to work as a secretary for Rula Lenska, don't we? Yes, fair. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, he basically finds himself being sort of like a babysitter. It says here he um, <laughs> takes, ferries her seven-year-old daughter, Lucy, to the dentist, <laughs> where his teeth get done as well. And you're like, oh dear. <laughs> I bet that was a bomb in the writer's room. Um, <laughs> well, I think there's only one series of that made, I think. Yes, if memory serves, yes. it's. I'm up for reviewing it, that's all. Which I'm, what I'm also up for reviewing. Next panel, never the twin. Bosh. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to save it when we do review it because kids, we will. Kids TV magazine. Boys, girls, what's never the twin? What's it about? Two middle-aged elderly men who are antique dealers. They're always fighting. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it says business rivalry between neighbours and antique dealers. Donald Sinden and Windsor Davies is one thing, but when they discover their children actually want to marry one another that sentence doesn't finish I'm assuming the original end of that sentence was but when they discover their children actually want to marry one another there's hell on because they're Barry and Desmond <laughs> right hey <laughs> yes. Mint. yes 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 but I did watch it back in the day cracking theme tune we are going to have to review that you know yeah absolutely well, then hot off the tail of uh, Never the Twain yep Lenny Bennett yeah it's punchlines the 13 part series I love this write-up for punchlines. Yeah, yeah, Contestants yeah. and celebrities compete in trying to select the correct punchline for lines given by eight well-known personalities. Mm-hmm. See, the write-up knows what the fucking show is. Why doesn't anybody on it? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That programme is fucking chaos. <laughs> well, it says it here as well, which agrees with our review of it. Uh, available on PeggyMountPod.com, folks. Comedian Lenny Bennett, who puts his foot down when it all gets too rowdy. And let's face it, it does. He does. He doesn't exactly put his foot down. He just looks incredibly flustered and <laughs> like just loses control, like a supply teacher. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Who's who's lost all yes. seven? Of, <laughs> never, yeah. never had it to start with. Halfway through the lesson, he's like, "I've got thirty minutes of this shit to go." Sticking with the theme of telly again, another staple feature of looking was the telly guide. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Looking on your favourite ITV programmes this week. It's 1981, so there's no Channel 4. That's right. That's They're right. literally just... You know, we said earlier, it's basically the junior TV times. Mm-hmm. Obviously, contractually, they can only cover ITV. That's fine. But bear in mind, they're only covering the kids' stuff on ITV. It's quite limiting, really, isn't it? When you... <laughs> Is it? Isn't it? I was, as a telly geek, I was fascinated by what all of the other uh, places were getting. So, for those of you, again, who are not familiar with Look In... Um, you would have a page and a half or two pages sometimes of telly listings, and they're broken down into ITV regions. So we get the listings for TV from Saturday to Friday for Anglia, Border, Channel, Grampian, Granada, Midlands, Scottish, Southern, Tyne Tees, Ulster, HTV, LWT slash Thames, Westwood and Yorkshire. Everything that, you could possibly want. That's amazing. They're all there. 14 yeah. regional channels over seven days. Now, they're all ITV, so while there are yep. there are differences, it's mostly the same. This is a fucking waste of a page and a half. But it is. <laughs> it really, go, you know. it really, but really is. They're putting forth the effort, and I do respect that. 
No, totally, totally. Now, Blackout and I, back in the day, we would be looking at the Tyne Tees strand. That's right. That's right. Can I just point something out here on looking at this? Oh, I bet you've got is, the same thing as me. Go on. Th- this is annoying me. All right, come on. Every Saturday morning, every fucker else in the country is watching Clapperboard while we get Moby Dick. Chris Kelly hates Newcastle. That's right. In my brain, Clapperboard mm. was BBC. So I'm looking at this thinking, no, God, oh, no, Clapperboard no. on ITV? OK, fine. I mean, nah, yeah, nah. you know, that's cool. Uh, it was ITV, But yeah. yes, you know, Chris, Chris Kelly, he's not allowed over the border into County Durham, Tyne and Weir, none of that. There are sentry posts up to stop him getting in, all because of this. Yep. But when you I look mean... at Saturday on Tyne Tees, you start at 9.15, yeah, you get Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Thunderbirds, Tiz Wars, World of Sport and Chips. That's 10 hours of television, five programmes. You don't get that anymore. That's fucking no, amazing. That's all fucking day. Well, yeah. Uh... World of Sport, I could have done without. <laughs> it was Dickie Davies, though. Mint. I, I, you literally used to watch it for him oh, and for yeah, giant yeah. haystacks. I didn't give a shit of about course. the rest. That's right, that's right. Uh, I'm with you all the way there, yeah. And Big Daddy, giant haystacks. Greetings, Grapple fans. <laughs> about four o'clock, the rest of them is on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I, my, I've got a bugbear here, though. Ulster TV, 6.10, we've got chips. Ulster, at 10 past 6, they've got Chopper Squad. I'm annoyed. I used to love Chopper Squad. I oh, see. I'd never heard of it. This is what I'm looking at, right? I noticed this on Saturday. Everywhere's mm-hmm. getting chips, apart from yep. Grampian, Granada, and Southern Television, who are getting the Hulk. It's a f- yeah. fucking postcode lottery. It, uh, I was burning with envy. With some I of don't these, know um... if they're getting episodes of the Hulk that we never got on Tiny Tees. If they're yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the how the scheduling works because you know I remember watching both. It was on. It was on. You're just like, oh, what season is this? Are they? How are they? How are they planning this out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all all of the channels, right? All of your ITVs. Sunday, seven forty-five. Film. Yeah. Conversation in the looking office. Do we know what film? No. Isn't it um, our job as a listeners magazine to find out? No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's a film. Yeah. There we go. Because we're going yeah. to bed, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a film. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely Snapchat. amazing. Snapshot of time that is is tremendous, and I mentioned snapshot of it of an era deliberately because looking really does reflect the television and the music of the time. I think yes, yeah, not absolutely this year. There are screaming examples of pop culture in this free posters that you would get uh, every week. Like I say, my wall was adorned with posters of Charlie's Angels one week, uh, Leaf Garrett the next. It was all going on. Bonnie M. All of this. Simpler times, though. Simpler times. I do think the reason it's such a good snapshot is there is shit in there that you've forgotten about that no, they're making that quite well. a big deal out of. You know, yeah, they're like yeah, going yeah. full out on some stuff and you're like, this this is just fucking tears in rain, mate. No one is going to remember this, but God bless you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be really interested to know if a magazine like this came out now, whether or not the youth would be invested in this. In this day and age... Such publications tend to be now online. So I'm not sure whether it'd be a hard copy, but then there still are hard copies in the newsagent when you go in there of certain comics and publications. But To be fair, mm. this is first and foremost about television. Mm-hmm. The, the pop things that are on there are pop stars that you would see on television. 
the sport that's in there is sport that you would watch. And te- it's all about that box in the corner of the room. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And while magazines are still boldly fucking clinging on, and I do like that print still exists and it's still loved by a lot of people, I don't think television's got the cultural sway that it used to have. It's no longer that central hub. Even with the amount of television we've got now, yeah, it's sort of too much for a magazine like looking right. at the cover. And also, I don't. Yeah, I don't think people give that much of a shit about it anymore. Yeah, I agree. They, you know they, what? I'm a man mm. in my late forties, so what do I know? <laughs> I mean, no, they, you're right. I think uh, today they are interested in the trappings of celebrity culture. They're less excited about the goings on of the actual story. They're not bothered about a two-page comic strip about Stranger Things. They're not. They're not. Yeah, you know, there'd be too many arguments online about is it canon? Is it not? Is it all the right? We didn't care back then. I've literally got in my notes beside every comic strip. Is this canon? <laughs> I want to know if the book Rogers strip is canon, if the chip strip is canon. The cannonball one definitely yeah, is. I don't know. It feels like the smuggler one is like a direct adaptation of a program I've never seen, but you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh... all right then. Well, listen. With all that in mind, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. How many pegs will you stick <laughs> to the front cover and offer as a free gift with next week's issue? Well, what more is there to say? The 70s and 80s were a very exciting time to be perched in front of the box. This is a magazine that encompasses that perfectly. We've just hit on an issue where there's not really that much to interest me. Seven out of nine. I'm with you all the way on a seven. Okay. Um, it was it was filled with a lot of a lot of stuff that I was interested. It did get me excited. The next issue of looking, <gasps> and, and now more often than not, they would give away these little free gifts. Mm-hmm. They would co- cover a lot of stuff that was relevant to me about television, to the TV geek. Yep. It was heaven. It was heavenly, this. And it did used to give you a little peep behind the curtains. Although it was very ITV-centric, of course. Um, I I still, in those days, I did expect a little bit of BBC to creep in there because the BBC didn't have their own magazine at this time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we also got movies. I still remember a big bumper spread about the Superman movie when mm-hmm. that came out, and that was exciting. So they cover such as that as well. Um, yeah, looking very much a thing of its time, very much a needed thing of its time. But uh, when the sport kind of thing crept in, and uh, a little bit out of touch uh, with their writing style as well. So uh, seven, yeah, absolutely seven. So that aside, then the question on the lips of every reader of Looking is: How many steps will it take you to yodel up the mountain whilst pinning up your free pull-out poster of TV's Lee Majors as the Fall Guy? Well. Page six of The Lookin' features that Roger DeCosi, who appeared on the Stories About Confusing One Star With Another In Show Business episode of Tell Me Another with Peggy Mount. I am a professional actress, Mr D. Super. Super. No messing about. None. How about yourself? Well. Page 24 of The Look-In features the Chips Boys, in particular, Mr Lawrence Wilcock, who, as we all know, went on to a producing career and helped bring to life Ray Bradbury's Crime Without Punishment in the company of... Peggy Matt. Where's me dosh? Here come the Chips Boys! Chips Boys! And we're not talking potatoes! Wonderful, wonderful. Right, that's that. I'm just off to throw a tartan picnic rug over my shoulder 
and mime to a Spandau Ballet song. But in the meantime, Blackout's got your socials. Yes, thank you once again for hanging out with us. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email PeggyManPod at gmail.com or we are PeggyManPod on Twitter, Facebook and on Instagram. Five-star ratings, reviews and comments are always welcome on Spotify, iTunes or the cards in the newspaper's window. And don't forget to go to PeggyManPod.com to check out the show notes for this and all of our other episodes. Yeah. Huh? What about the T-shirts? We've got T-shirts. There you go. PeggyManPod.com. Click on the little thing that looks like a little basket. A basket. It'll take you to the, the shop where we've got the T-shirt. We've got merch. That's what we're... Yeah, that's what we're saying. We'll put a card up in the paper shop. It's as simple as that. It really is. We'll be back next week to take another look at some literature from our library of leisure. Until then, keep pegging! Peggy Man Calamity Hour is a free podcast from iCall Media which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr. Velvet. Audio segments and television programs are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit PeggyManPod.com. Um, if I remember rightly, Windsor Davies used to say, Lovely boy. Isn't that right? That was his catchphrase, wasn't it? Yes, and then Donald Sindon would reply every week um, with his... He's one of these where his catchphrase is also his name, and they wrote it into his script, so he'd be like, Donald Sindon. That's right. And so it would be, t- it would be typical, lovely boy. Donald Sindon. Lovely boy. Donald Sindon. Lovely boy. Donald Sindon. Lovely boy. Dancing. I love you, boy.